Welcome to the Books of Titans podcast, where I seek truth in the world's best books. I'm your host, Eric Rostad, coming to you from the beautiful Books of Titans studio in Franklin, Tennessee. My goal is to read 52 books per year and share what I'm learning. I'll talk a bit about each book, tie ideas together from a variety of genres, and share the one thing I always hope to remember from each book. Well, I have a special episode today. We're at the midway point here for 2021, and I just want to take a brief moment and share my reading stats and the status for the project so far for this year, Uh, share some upcoming plans for the reading project, and then also share some of my key takeaways from the books I've read. Well, this project, Books of Titans, is a reading project first and foremost. I am attempting to read more books than I have in the past, and I am attempting to remember what it is I read. So I don't want to just read a bunch of books and, and, and share that number of books and then not remember anything. I, I want to read more books because I love reading, and there's so many books out there that I want to read, but I also really want to remember what I read. And so the overarching purpose of this project is to seek truth in the best books. And I'm doing that through through reading more, trying to find the best books out there, but then also to to try to remember what it is that I'm reading. So that is first and foremost what I'm doing here. I, I know in the podcast I cover a lot of books that I'm reading. That's part of my attempt to to remember what it what it is I read. And I also hope that that you guys get uh, things out of the books that I'm reading, uh, and then it, that it also encourages you to read more. I just think as a as a society with with uh, the way technology is going and and the the addictiveness of that technology, um, myself included, it is just harder and harder to sit down and read, but it's more and more important that we do that. It's more and more important that we we sit down with with big books and and deep ideas and, and difficult topics and and we sit down and we try to get through these books and, and to learn from them uh, as opposed to just getting these these quick hits on, on social media and things like that. So here's a quick recap of, uh, of stats so far for, for this year. Uh, one thing about this project is, is it's, I, I look at the stats for the purpose of, of attempting to read more. So I, I know how many books I want to get through per year, but I also look at it more from the number of pages. And then if I divide that number of pages by 365, I know how many pages I need to read per, per day. So on my list this year, I have 37 books. And I have read 27 of them. And so that is 73% of the books. Uh, I have 10 remaining, but but don't let that fool you because uh, these 10 remaining books, there are a lot of pages in those books. So the number of pages I have to read this year in those 37 books is 16,463. So far, I've read 9,527 of those pages. So that's about 58%. Uh, and, and I have almost 7,000 pages remaining. So for this year, if I divide that 16,463 pages by 365, that means I need to be reading about 45 pages per day to get through those 37 books. As of today, I've averaged 49 pages per day, so that puts me a little bit ahead, and that means that I just need to average about 41 pages for the remainder of the year to, to get through all of them. And if I keep that pace up uh, of reading 49 per day uh, instead of the 45 I need to read, that means I'll have some time at the end of this year and I actually have 
uh, some other books picked out already if I do have that time, and I'll, I'll highlight those books later in this episode. So in previous years, I had the goal of reading 52 books per year, so, so shooting for one a week. Uh, but this year, I focused on reading series of books. And it has been amazing. I'm, I'm so glad I did that. But as part of that, I decreased the number of books that I, I wanted to read this year and actually set it to 35 books. Uh, but then just uh, I've, I've added a, a few books to make it 37. And so here, here they are. Here's the ones I've read so far. I started off the year with The Chronicles of Narnia by C.S. Lewis. Uh, I That was one of the first... Uh, some of the books in that series are some of the first I ever rem remember reading as a child, but I had just, I had never gone through the entire series. So this is the first time and, and I loved it. And I started, started off the year with that. After that, I started the Robert Caro, Lyndon B. Johnson series, and that is a four book series. It is a huge uh, set and, and it took me uh, two and a half months to get through it. And it was phenomenal. I, I mean, I, it, it was incredible, uh, so much so that the, uh, the two of the other books that I added to my list this year were Robert Caro's other two books that he's written. And so I have now read every book by, by Robert Caro this year, but I, I was so intrigued by him as an author after reading the LBJ series that I just I, I had to read his other two books, and, and I have uh, this year. So I've read everything that Carl, uh, Robert Caro has, has written this year, and uh, I'll, I'll get into to some of the takeaways from, from that so far. Uh, later in this episode. After that, I read the Lord of the Rings series and then also added The Hobbit to that. So I started off with The Hobbit and then read the Lord of the Rings. Again, I've uh, been a, a Tolkien fan um, uh, just in, in his his friendship with, with C.S. Lewis. I've always, always been intrigued by that, but had never read the Lord of the Rings. And I'd read The Hobbit and I'd read the first book of the Lord of the Rings, but just I, I didn't like fantasy. And uh, I'll share a little story later in this episode, but um, I, I made it through the series this year and, and I'm glad I did. But uh, up to, to this point in my life, I had not read the Lord of the Rings series. After that, I read a series uh, written by my pastor here in, in uh, Franklin, Tennessee, uh, Russ Ramsey. And he did a, a three book series called Retelling the Story. And he would just kind of create a narrative of uh, connecting a number of stories in together from the Bible. And it was so masterful and it, and it really put you in, in, in the mindset of, of what those people would have been experiencing as they're, as they were experiencing it. And, and that was really, that, that was really something to think about it. I think a lot of, uh, sometimes the Bible stories can just become uh, so commonplace to where, it, it's hard to think of what it would have been like. And, and my favorite thing that Russ Ramsey said in the series was people just didn't have categories in their minds for the things that were happening. And and that just, that, that made sense to me. Like, you know, there's some things that, that just happen in your life where you, you don't even have a category for it. It, it should be, could be something completely tragic or, or, um, uh, completely unexpected. You, you don't have a category and, and here this is just happening nonstop to, to people, uh, in, in the Bible, uh, in the uh, Bible stories. So uh, that was cool. Uh, and then the, the other set I did, uh, that I've, I've made it through this year were, uh, all the books that Russ Roberts has written. And Russ Roberts is, is an economist. He's the host of the econ talk podcast. It's one of my favorite podcasts. It's one that I've listened to since 2013. 
And he has written five books, uh, some of them novels, some of them nonfiction, and but they all deal with economics, and uh, that that was fun to go through those books. I also added a few books, and there was uh, one book that I, I I took off my my list that was supposed to be finished this year, and it, and it won't be. So that opened up three spots on my list uh, to, from where I went from thirty five books to to thirty seven. So those were, uh, as I mentioned before, the other two by Robert Caro. So that was working, and that's his his uh, his book about the process of of writing, and um, that was really interesting. I. I I don't recommend it if you haven't read anything else by Robert Carroll, but if you've read any of his other books, uh, the book Working is is really special. And then I, I uh, recently finished The Power Broker by Robert Carroll, which is his first book. And that is about Robert Moses, a uh, developer, builder in New York City who who had pretty much absolute power for 44 years, more power than the governor of New York, more power than the mayor. And that that book is, is an exploration of that power, how he got it, how he kept it. And uh, uh, it, it was amazing. The other book I added was the New Testament. And I read the Bibliotheca version of it. And I'll get into that a little bit more later in this episode, but but it's one of those Bibles they call a, a reader Bible. And so there's no verse references, there's no chapter references, you just, it, it, it looks like a, a, a normal novel that you would pick up. And it's really just meant for you to, to read through it. And, and I, I, found, I found that uh, a, a good experience. Um, it doesn't look like an encyclopedia. It, it looks like a, a book you can just read and um, it really impacts how you, how you read it. And then uh, the book I just finished was The Idea of Israel in Second Temple Jerusalem by Dr. Jason A. Staples. Uh, Jason is my co-host on a lot of the first episodes of this podcast, and this is his first book. He's been he spent um, about 17 years of his life uh, in, in what he says in the intro uh, on this book, and uh, it's it's part of his his. Uh, doctoral thesis, and uh, that thesis is going to be split into two books. This is the first one, and uh, it, w- it was excellent. It's an academic book. Uh, there are a lot of footnotes and that sort of thing, and so I need I need to read this book twice. So I just finished it this morning, um, but I needed to read it the first time through just to kind of get a general idea and get familiar with the terms. And, and I'm going to turn around and, and reread it uh, right away again, and then um, talk to Jason about the book, and that'll be on an upcoming podcast episode. So the series I have remaining for this year are the Civil War series by Shelby Foote. Uh, it's called The Civil War, A Narrative. Uh, that's a three-book series, and um, I live like a mile from from a major Civil War battlefield, and uh, I just I don't know very much about the Civil War, so I'm looking forward to that one. And then I'm closing out the year with Harry Potter, the seven books of the Harry Potter series. So those are the 10 books I still have remaining. Um, If I do finish early, I plan to read some other books. I I have some in in mind, and, and those are these. The first one is Lost in Thought, The Hidden Pleasures of an Intellectual Life by Zena Hitz. And she is a professor at St. John's College. St. John's College is one that uh, they they emphasize reading through the great books. And I just thought this would, would be an, an interesting book. After that, I, I keep seeing Atomic Habits by James Clear come up. And uh, 
any any book like that uh, on productivity tips or anything, sometimes if I just get one idea from from those books, it, it can really make a big impact in how I work. And um, so I just want to give that one a shot. Uh, I'm, I'm a little weary on, on these newer books that, that are so popular, but uh, this one just keeps coming up and people keep saying it's had a huge impact on them. Uh, next one is The Second Mountain by David Brooks. I, I've read some of David Brooks. He's a, a New York Times columnist. columnist. I, I read some of his books in the early 2000s and um, and then just kind of didn't uh, read anything by him for, for a while. And I just heard him on a podcast episode with the Trinity Forum, and it was an incredible speech and just kind of got me back interested in, in Brooks. And um, I've also heard the Second Mountain book referenced a lot by uh, a lot of different people. So I, w- I want to check that one out and, and give it a try. Two other ones, um, if I make it this far, uh, I, I picked up a book of novels by Jules Verne, and I thought those would be kind of fun to go through. And then the other one is the book Hamilton by Ron Chernov. I, I believe he's the author. Um, but I heard somebody talking about about Hamilton recently, and I just realized I don't, I don't know anything about his life and, and thought it'd be fun to do that. So those are the the books I have coming up, the books I've read, and uh, the these ones at the end here are not part of a series, but, but the focus this year and, and the theme of this year really is books that are part of series. And they take a while, they, uh, they're big, they're long, but they are really fun. And, and I just love being engrossed in a topic or a series for month or months at a time. And so it's really been a joy. And I'm, I'm glad I, I did that and, and put that as the focus this year. Just one other quick, quick thing before uh, we get into segment two. Uh, I have started spending more time with a bookstore here in Franklin, Tennessee, Landmark Booksellers. And I've, I've been doing their website development for the last couple of years, but um, I'm just starting to work more and more with them on, on different things. And that's been a lot of fun. And so if you're ever in the Franklin area, please, please stop by at Landmark Booksellers. It's right on Main Street, right in a historic... Um, downtown Franklin, where there's a major civil war battle, but but uh, it looks like you've stepped back 50, 100 years ago uh, in time. And, and it's just every everything's two stories on Main Street. And it's just this quaint, quaint, nice uh, town. And, and the bookstore's right on right there on on uh, Main Street. Well, yesterday, I released my 2022 reading list. I know it's July. I know there's, uh, you know, five months left in this year, but I, I've been thinking about this list, and and I do that. I, I think about what I want to read the next year. I, I think about that the the full year before, and uh, especially with this year being a a large focus on series of books, I didn't have as many books to choose from, and so there's been a lot of books that I've wanted to read that I couldn't add to this year's list, uh, but but I, I've. I'm going to be adding them to to next year's list. So I have that 52 book uh, list ready and I randomized the order and I have it in order. I, I have it posted on the website now. I'll link to it in the show notes, but it is all set to go and I'm, I'm really excited about it. Next year also is going to be a, a transition year for me and for this project. And I'm going to highlight what I'll be transitioning to later this year in a, in a, in a uh, episode later this year. But though I'm basically going to be splitting the project to where 
what I've been doing, I will be calling phase one and phase one will continue into towards the end of next year. But then around the, the end of next year, I'm going to start moving into phase two for this project. And that will last for many years, but uh, it, it will be, be a split in the project. And so I will go into that later, but uh, I'm, I'm, I've been thinking about this for a while. I'm very excited about it. But right now you can go to the website and see what I'll be reading for 2022. And if you click on any of the books on that page, I uh, there's information about each book and, and I put why I chose each book. So if you're curious as to why there's a book on that list, you can click the book and, and, and see why. Um, I also have a, uh, a part on the top of that page. If you've ever wanted to, to support this podcast, well, I, I have a way to do that now, and that is to buy, to help me buy the books for my 2022 reading list. I have about half of the books right now, but I, I still need half of the books, and that would help me so much. And so what I've done is I've created an Amazon wish list, and that is linked on that that reading list page as well for 2022. And if you click that, it'll, it'll take you to my wish list. And I have the, the exact versions of each book that, that I want. So if there's something that you've read, that's really special to you. And, and, uh, you'd like to support the podcast by, by purchasing that book for me. I'd love if you bought it. And then if you put a little note as to why that book was special for you, uh, that, that would really mean a lot. And it, it would help me just, uh, with the, the cost of, of getting the books, uh, for this, for this project. So that's one way that you could, uh, support, support this podcast. Uh, also wanted to let you know about a, a couple upcoming podcast episodes. One will, will be Jason's book, uh, that I just finished and I'll be talking with him about the book and the, in the topic of the book. So that'll be coming out soon. And then I, I will also release one about the power broker by Robert Carroll. Now into segment three, the final segment here and the main takeaways from the books I've read so far this year and, and also from the project. So just things I've learned, maybe things I've changed, um, things I've experimented with to, to help me read more books and then to remember what I've, what I read. And here's the first one. And, and I highlighted this in the episode about the Lord of the Rings, but when I, when I started reading that, I, as I mentioned before, I, I've always had a hard time with fantasy. And, and so going into it, I, I, I really wanted to, to give it a try. I, I, I wanted to read through all four of those books, the, the, the Hobbit and then the three books in the Lord of the Rings. And I was just going to push my way through it this time. And I started on The Hobbit and I, I just couldn't get into it. I, I, I finished the book, but it, it was just such a challenge. Uh, I was not enjoying it. And I shared that on social media. And I had a friend write back and say, read it as if it's true. And so I started doing that on the first Lord of the Rings book and it changed everything. I, and I think the reason why is when, when I'm reading fantasy books or science fiction, um, my mind just thinks, why, why am I reading this? Or like, why, why is this important? Why should I care? This is a made up world. These are made up people. Why even care about this? And when I have that attitude, I find that I don't take it seriously and I don't engage as much with the book. And so my friend making that suggestion of treat it as if it's true, read it as if it's true, it changed everything because it, I, I started looking at the characters as real people or real characters. Um, 
especially with the Lord of the Rings, there there was these huge maps that would fold out in the back of the book. I I I would open those up before I started reading and just follow along as if this were a map of a real place. And so I did. I just went. I went all in, and I I loved reading that series. And I I wouldn't if I had still had that mindset. If I treated it as if, as if it was not true. If I had read it as if it was not true. So that was that was a very helpful mental trick for me to get through books that that perhaps I may not be as interested in or it's not my style. Just that that slight shift in how I approached it was a a big eye opener for me and and I think it'll open up a lot of new books and new genres of books that perhaps I I I just couldn't get into before. So that was for the Lord of the Rings. Uh, the the Robert Caro series have obvious series have obviously had a huge impact on me this year as well. Uh, just the the LBJ series is incredible. I mean, the thing that blows me away the most about it is it it, it contains four books. And so going into it, I, I I would have assumed that the majority of those books were about his presidency. And you get to you, it's not until you get to like midway through the final book that you're actually reading about when Lyndon B. Johnson is president. And that is mostly only when uh, JFK has been assassinated. So he has not even been elected yet. It's just kind of that one year of his presidency before he gets elected in 1964. But you're reading three and a half books about his time prior to being president. And it is, it's just incredible. But Robert Carroll in general just does a masterful job of studying these men who had tremendous power. And it just, it, it causes you to look at power in a different way. Um, maybe not in the way that you're used to. Uh, and just seeing a, a live example of somebody seeking after power and not just seeking and, and, you know, if they don't get it, they just kind of move on. But like what I, what I started to call the perpetual pursuit of power, just this constant and just driving like everything about these men, whether it was LBJ or Robert Moses, like just pining after this power with everything in them. And just the study of that is, is intense. It's it's immense. It's it's you. It's incredible to to see this. In 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 the way Robert Carroll writes about it, you're you're not bored at all reading these huge volumes about these people. So, I've I've really appreciated that about Robert Carroll, just the the study of power and in the different aspects of it. But then also to seeing Robert Carroll's depth in in how he researches and how he writes about his his subjects. Uh, and, and to the point too where you see that these things in these men's lives were from a very young age, especially with LBJ. You I mean it wasn't just LBJ became president and then he became this type of person. Like like people noticed this stuff when he was a kid. And the deeper you go into his life, you 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 see these things at work. Um, so that, that was one aspect. What, one other really interesting aspect too, is I, I, I learned a lot from, from LBJ and, and Robert Moses in, in how they worked and, um, they could do a lot of really cruel things in how they worked, but they also were just, they were really smart in, in the things they would do. Like for instance, one thing Robert Moses would do is 
is when he proposed a project, he had everything mapped out. He had how they would do it, how how much it would cost, and he pretty much had it to where the next day he could start working on it. Like he would have people there. So if he's talking to the government officials of about these projects, it's ready to go. He's got all the blueprints. Um, he's got all the permissions. And if he's competing, if, if other people are coming also with their plans, they probably just have an idea of what they want to do or, or maybe a blueprint, but that's it. And so Robert Moses basically is coming in and, and, and it's turnkey. I mean, it can start tomorrow. I mean, who are you going to choose? The guy who can start tomorrow or the guy that barely wrote up a, a, a plan about what he wants to do? And I just started thinking of that too. Like I, I, even today, I quoted for a, a job for a website. I, I do website development and, and online consulting. And I'm working with this this other partner on, on a project. And we, we we're talking today on what, what can we do for our proposal here that sets us apart? Like what can we already have in play? Uh, so it's just stuff like that where where I learned a lot from LBJ and, and Robert Moses in in how they work and and um, just some like really smart things in 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 that sense. Another big takeaway from this year was uh, that version of the New Testament that I read, and it was the Bibliotheca version. And and I think the thing that struck me, I I, uh, I have a Bible from my great grandfather. Um, I have a Bible from when I was in high school, and then I have this Bibliotheca version. And the, the Bible from my great-grandfather and the Bible I read in high school, if you open them up, they look pretty much the exact same. I mean, there's just numbers all over the places. There's, there's the chapters. There's, um, there's references to different verses of the Bible. And then uh, each, each page contains two columns of text. Very thin paper, uh, you know, very easy to to tear. Um, and that Bible from my great grandfather and mine looked the exact same. And pretty much every Bible has looked like that for the last hundred, two hundred years. Bibliotheca, this 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 gentleman Adam comes along, two thousand and fourteen, and he does a Kickstarter. He wants to raise thirty seven thousand. He ra- he raises over a million, and it's to create this Bible that is a work of art in itself. It's clean. It's one column of text. There's no numbers. There's no chapter references. You read it as it was as as it was meant to be read, and and just that change in presentation affects how you approach that text. And you know, you look at the one version, and it looks like an encyclopedia. You look at the other one, and it looks like a novel, and you, it just it it changes how you approach it and how you read it, and in just that insight and in, in the fact that the Bible has been the number one bestseller for you know for all time, and it, I mean, the other people have tried to do something like this, but and we're just kind of at a, a, a unique time in history too, to where it's easy to look online if you have questions about what you're reading, but it took until 2014 to somebody for somebody to reimagine how. The Bible is presented, and he broke it up into five books. Um, it's not just one one th- book with thin paper. It's it's a work work of art. The, this Bible, this set, and it just kind of blew me away to think about it that it that it took that long for somebody to 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 reimagine. It's the most popular book out there, and they almost all look the exact same. And then this guy comes along, and then now all these other 
Bible printers are are doing similar Bibles, but but it took this guy with this with this vision, and uh, so it's just kind of neat to think about. Last thing here, uh, one one change I've I've made in my how I've uh, been reading this year is I've tried to associate particular music with particular books, and that that's. That's been easier with series because I'm I'm involved in these series for longer periods of time, uh, but but for instance with um, with Lord of the Rings I would actually listen to the soundtracks from the movies while I was reading the books. Uh, I, I would also just listen to other kind of music that that I f- I thought fit the the genre of the book, and and it was it was, it was interesting because. Now, when I listen to that music, it brings back the memories from that book. And I, I just like that thought of, of tying a book or a, especially a series uh, to a set of music and, and just kind of, you know, the music's low in the background, and, and, but it, it's in there. And I, I like that connection because I think it helps me to focus while I'm reading. It kind of gets me in the mood of that book. Uh, my next series of books, uh, is, is that civil war series. I've, I already have some music picked out. I know it's cheesy, but I mean, it's just even like the Ken Burns from the civil war series that was on, on the Ken Burns burn series. Um, uh, and, and just putting on music that would have been from that time. Maybe if I'm reading a book in, that takes place in a, a particular country, I'll, 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 I'll try to put on music that is from that country. Um, and then just, uh, like with Lord of the Rings, I would always have the maps out and, and was referencing the maps while I was reading. I, I already, I bought like a big map of, of all the civil war battles. I'm going to have that out while I'm reading this, the book about the civil war. So it's, it's just like the, the more I can get into that world mentally and, and music helps me do that. The more that I can have the maps and, and different things there, uh, like I said, I live near a Civil War battlefield. I'm planning to do the tours of that battlefield and the tours of the, the different um, hospitals during the Civil War and all that. I'm planning to do some of those tours as I'm reading the book. So just to really get engrossed and not just it be the book that, that I'm interacting with on my chair, but to, to almost make it 3D of... of uh, making it a part of my life in in different ways as well, so that's that's one thing I've changed of, of just really trying to trying to tie the music, uh, tie other things to the books. But it's it's been good so far, and and I'm going to keep experimenting with that. So if you listen to other episodes, you know that this project really is an experimentation. I'm I'm trying to to find out the best ways of of remembering what I read and reading more books. So that music thing is, is just something I've, I've uh, discovered this year of, of really helping with, with the books that, that I'm reading. So that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you for listening. I will be back in a couple of weeks with a, another book from this project, uh, from this year's reading list. And uh, I would love to hear from you. If you have discovered tools that have helped you read better, uh, to read more or to remember what you read, please email me at eric at booksoftitans.com. Uh, you can also support the project by buying a book that I need for my 2022 reading list. And you can follow Books of Titans on Instagram or Twitter at Books of Titans. The website is also stock full of resources to help you find the best books and create your own reading list. 
Until I come back in a couple weeks, uh, keep reading, keep learning, and keep listening. I'm out. Mm-hmm.